grace, mercy and peace from God our Father, his Son and the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Today we are going to begin a series of uh, services where we're going to look at some of the basics of the Christian faith. In the autumn, a group of us studied this little book by Rowan Williams called Being Christian. And it looks at baptism, Bible, Eucharist and prayer. Rowan uh, Williams, uh, I got to know when he was Archbishop of Canterbury and I was working for the Anglican Communion. We travelled around the world. One of the things about Rowan is that he, he captures people's imagination. He is a fantastic intellect, but he has an ability to connect and communicate, which is extraordinary. And this little book, Being Christian, is it's absolutely amazing. It condenses so much learning and personal experience into so short chapters. The book begins with baptism. Baptism. That's why we're standing beside the font here in Dinton Church. The font which is near the door, the way into the church. And it opens up the Christian faith to us. It is our coming in. We're going to think more about baptism, your baptism and my baptism through this service. We're going to open with a prayer that is part of our baptismal liturgy. Our Lord Jesus Christ has told us that to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must be born again of water and the spirit. And he has given us baptism as the sign and seal of new birth. We are here washed by the Holy Spirit and made clean. We are clothed with Christ, dying to sin that we may live his risen life. As children of God, we have a new dignity and God calls us to the fullness of life. We now have an opening hymn, one of the great hymns of, uh, of baptism. Guide me, O thou great Redeemer.
Our reading today comes from Romans. It's Romans chapter 6 and we begin on verse 3. Don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too have new life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. For we know that Christ was raised from the dead and he cannot die again. So death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God. In Jesus Christ. Amen. Now in his uh, little book, Rowan immediately makes this link between baptism and death. Baptism means dipping. And he, and he says, you know, you are dipped into this death. Jesus always speaks of baptism as about if it's about suffering. Uh, he says it's something you're going to endure. Can you experience the baptism that I experience? It's an immersion in something and it is about being drowned. The experience of full immersion, that experience that adults had, so different to... Uh, just taking a, a, a small baby and, and, and putting a bit of water onto their heads. That experience of dying was what was felt by those early Christians. They were pushed underwater, struggling for breath, coming out, and then they were pushed under again. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That experience is of dying with Christ. Our joining ceremony is a ceremony of entering into death, experiencing suffering. And as we come out, we go, and we breathe in. And in the story of Jesus's baptism, his coming out was met with the descending of the Holy Spirit as a dove upon him. That Holy Spirit 
hovering above him. The Holy Spirit. This story of the Holy Spirit hovering above comes from Genesis chapter 1. The Holy Spirit hovering above the creation, above the chaos. And the early Christians, as Rowan points out, made a very quick link between that story of creation and this story of new creation. The Holy Spirit entering into us as we come out of the chaos. And Rowan points out that it is chaos that we enter into. Christians discover an intimate link in baptism with the chaos around them. As you reflect on what it is to be human, it's a reflection of something which is not perfect, which we have destroyed that initial image of God within us. And it is entering into the understanding that we live in chaos. So if we ask the question, where are we to find the baptised? The answer is not to be found amongst a community of the perfect. The angels wearing choir robes and singing to God. But the community of the baptised are those who are not afraid of entering into the depths of chaos. When you have a natural disaster or you have a, a, a terrorist attack or anything like that, the first thing to do is to run away, protect. But the Christian response is vexed to go back in to go and seek and support those who are vulnerable, to go into the place of chaos and discover how humanity, how nature, how our environment can be assisted by our return. The neighbourhood of Jesus is not among some elite place, some high echelon. The neighbourhood of Jesus is in the depths. Rowan said uh, he heard this somebody say this to him. If you're baptised in the River Jordan, do not expect not to, mu to find muddy water. The water will be muddied. It is a complex thing, baptism. It is, yes, about cleansing, but it is also entering into the recognition of an imperfect world. And then Rowan says something which is just in his words. I mean, his words are amazing. If you hear him, and, and there is an audio book of this, and I'm sure it's read by Rowan, uh, his voice and his intonation uh, needs to be heard in this. He says, I'm inclined to add that you might also expect the baptised Christian to be somewhere near, somewhere in touch, with the chaos in his or her own life. Because we all of us live not just with a chaos outside ourselves, 
but quite a lot of inhumanity and muddle inside ourselves too. We need Christians who are not afraid to look inside the chaos that they have within themselves. So baptism means being with Jesus in the depths, in the depths of the chaos of the world around us and in the depths of God's love that reaches into those places through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Baptism does not confer on us a special place. We are not the new elite, the preferred, those who have our requests answered and everything is put in front of us on a platter. We are affected. Rowan says contaminated. And in this age of the coronavirus... This is an interesting word. We are contaminated by the mess of humanity. And this is deeply paradoxical. We are washed, cleansed, recreated, but we are also pushed into the hurt of the world. We are those who have accepted what it means to be in the heart of the needy. Of course, this pushes us into prayer. Prayer, Rowan Williams says, is like a sneeze. It's not something you're forced to do. It's not something you can learn to do. It is something that you do. It comes inside you. And we'll look in the last chapter at what he actually means by prayer. So I leave you with this. Baptism restores a human identity. It is that new creation. Baptism takes us to where Jesus is and therefore into the neighbourhood. But the neighbourhood that we are taken into is into those who know this world is not perfect. It takes us there in the company of others who are baptised. They are our companions. We are companions with one another. And we are characterised by prayerfulness, courage and vision to see that the world can be a better place. Next week, we'll think again about baptism. Go a little bit further. We've got kind of halfway through this chapter. And we'll look at it, what it means for us, the baptised people, to be prophets, priests, and kings. But at this moment, I want you to reflect on your own baptism. Perhaps you were baptised as a child, but many of you will have made these baptismal prophecies on behalf of your children or your godchildren. And I want you to reflect on those now. When we come and bring a child to baptism, we use these words. When we come with an adult coming for baptism, 
She or he uses these words. We all wander far away from God and lose our way. Christ comes to us and welcomes us home. In baptism, we respond to his call. And then the priest asks four questions. And the godparents, the adult who's to be baptised, perhaps if they're a little bit older, the child to be baptised, answers the question with a simple I do. So I'm going to ask you these four questions. And I want you to just investigate. Are you able to say, I do? Do you turn away from sin? Do you reject evil? Do you turn to Christ as Saviour? Do you trust him as Lord? I do. And then we are asked, the whole community, to stand up and to make a profession of faith together. So let us affirm that faith. And again, there are answers. And the answer is, I believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, the source of all being and life, the one for whom we exist? Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took our human nature, died for us and rose again? Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit, who gives life to the people of God, and makes Christ known in the world? To each of those questions, the answer is, I believe and trust in him. For this is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now we are invited in to enter into that sneeze, that prayer, that call from the heart, and to join with our prayers now. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, teach us how to turn to you in prayer, and hear us as we bring our concerns and anxieties to you. Enable us to put aside our fretful lives, and to be near us as we pray. Lord Jesus, we lift up to you each one of our loved ones, mothers and fathers, our partners, sons and daughters, grandchildren, and our brothers and sisters and dear friends. Bless them all and develop them with your love so that they can hear your voice and follow your will. We remember those who have gone before us and those who have passed away more recently. And we pray for the bereaved and ask for your comfort to support them in times of overwhelming loss and feelings of grief. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Dear God, the only source of true healing and hope, look down in your mercy on all those people who are ill and in pain. Support those who are suffering fear and anxiety, stress, loneliness, depression. We especially remember those who have dementia and are confused, worried and forgetful. Enrich them with your heavenly peace and feed them with your grace and goodness, we pray. We thank you, O Lord, for all those in our society who care for others, our ministers and doctors, nurses and carers, and also those people in the essential services, teachers, social workers, police. Give them resilience and patience, and especially your strength during these times of great pressure. We thank you for the charities in our society, like the Salvation Army, Crisis, for the local vineyard store, food store, and the Women's Aid Refuge. Helps each one of us to respond with generosity when we are called upon to give in order to share what we have with those who have less. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our Queen and the Royal Family and all those who are in positions of government and authority at this frightening time of national disunity and peril. We pray for our leaders to have wisdom and sincerity so that they can lead us through the major issues of our time, COVID-19 and Brexit, financial hardship, poverty, homelessness, that we may be fairly and justly governed for the common good. We pray for ourselves, that we can forgive ourselves, put aside resentments and irritations, that we may be slow to judge and quick to forgive, and strong enough to smile and be cheerful through all these trials. Teach us to be grateful and positive and give us warm hearts, we pray. Accept these our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Worship your 
we continue with our prayers by saying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Baptism. Baptism is a deep commitment. And so in our going out, we have a challenge. We go into the world to walk in God's light, to rejoice in God's love and to reflect God's glory. There's a commitment to baptism. And so will you continue in the apostles' teaching and the fellowship at the moment, we're not able to do this physically, but in the breaking of the bread and what we can do at any time, the prayers. Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Will you proclaim by example the good news of the God of Christ? Will you seek to go into that chaos, to serve Christ in all people, loving your neighbour as yourself? Will you acknowledge Christ's authority over human society by prayer for the world and its leaders, by defending the weak, by seeking peace and justice? Big commitments. We will. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love and bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be on you and remain with you 